Good morning, everyone. Today's podcast is one I had a ton of fun sitting down and recording with my really good friend, Zach Ely. Uh, Me and Zach have a lot of commonalities. Our, Our personalities are very similar. And it's just a cool story. He talks a little bit about how, you know, his history Um, how he got started with hunting, um, his passions that lie in waterfowl and turkey hunting, and how that led him to other big game hunting. And and something that led him into big game hunting that you probably won't guess. Enjoy today's podcast. I'm Jordan Miller, and this is the Live Beyond Average Podcast. What's up, everybody? Jordan Miller here with Run to Gun, here with my really good friend, technically co-worker, because he is our other exercise professional here at Run to Gun, Zach Ely. What's up, my man? Just good morning here in South Dakota. Got a little snow flurries last night and May, May 8th. 8th, so that's always <laughs> exciting. So yeah, Zach, tell us. It's been a little while. We had we both had job changes with our day jobs here about 18 months ago. Yeah. Um, and then you again with career change, a little bit of career change here this uh, last six months, right? Yeah. And so we used to see each other every single day when we were training uh, at, at a big gym here in Sioux Falls. Uh, worked together for a number of years. Now we really don't see each other every day, so it's been a little while. Yeah. So catch us up a little bit about what you've been up to. Give us some background, where you're from, uh, how you got involved in sports, hunting. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, I guess I grew up here in South Dakota. I was born down in Vermilion and grew up, went to West Central High School in Hartford, South Dakota, if you know where that's at. Um, about a half hour here from where Jordan is. And um, we, My folks worked with Cambridge State for Christ, it's now crew, and we lived overseas actually for six years in the country of Mongolia. So that was a really cool experience. Um, some really interesting you know, experiences that you couldn't get in the United States here. It was cool to kind of have a different worldview as well. We moved back when I was going into seventh grade. Um, went to a small school at Dakota State. Just in athletics my whole life. Got into exercise science. Um, started with Jordan. He actually hired me at the gym in Sioux Falls. And then, yeah, we saw each other every single day. Um, you know, always talked about going on hunts and whatnot. And <laughs> yeah. Finally made that. That happened a couple summers ago. So, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, Oh, Zach, definitely, when I, when I did hire him, uh, definitely ob- an ob- obvious knowledge and expertise in movement patterns, definitely a technician uh, when it comes to exercise, and it was very good at teaching uh, clients, teaching individuals how to just move properly, and you had the techniques and way to, way to teach people how to move right. It was always pretty awesome. We both very strong-willed dudes, so like we have the same personality, so we could always like we were like really good friends, but we could also butt heads with each other the whole time. But it was funny because like we could butt heads with each other one second and still be best friends two seconds later. So it was a pretty cool relationship that we had. <laughs> yeah, we'd we'd have our moments of calling the other one out for something, you know, oh, not yeah. necessarily training wise, but just giving each other the hard time or or <laughs> just kind of opposing the other one's viewpoint and yep. And then yeah, we'd get there was a couple times I think we were generally you know mad at each other, but two minutes later we're you know, we're cool with it. So it was one of those things where you're mad, but you'd say it kind of joking, but you totally meant it when you said it, kind of thing. Oh, is this good? It was yeah. good. It was good. Uh, just dude relationship, but it was hard because I knew Jordan never trolled anyone, but he would troll, but 
he wasn't actually trolling. He was really serious with it, but he just made it sound like he was trying to troll. Yeah. You. And yeah. I knew that. So that's, yeah, it was fun, fun though. That was a good, good year and a half, two years there. Yeah, it was awesome. And one of the years then I came in, it was early June or late, it was actually late May. And I was like, dude, you, did you apply for South Dakota elk? And you were like, no, I haven't done that. And, uh, I was like, do you have any preference points for Prairie? And you were like, no, dude. I'm like, dude, you want to just put in for a cow tag? I'm like, yeah. just so you know, like if you do draw it, you can't, you know, you have the nine year probation. Yep. But I was like, you want to go shoot a cow? Like there's, you know, back then it was like a little over 50% odds that you were going to pull that yeah. tag. It was actually almost guaranteed. Yeah. Now it's not like that. Remember, but I called my wife and I was like, hey, do you care if I apply for this tag? I'm like, 50-50 shot, I get it. She's like, well... Wouldn't it look better on his show if, if he got to take a female out to, sh to shoot it? <laughs> um, but she was, let's see, at that point, she would have been like four months pregnant, I want to say. Yeah. She's like, uh, by July or June, whenever it was, July. Yep, mid-July um, season. Middle late July. She's like, I don't know if I'm really going to want to walk that far. And so she's like, yeah, you go ahead and apply. And then it was, I think that was the deadline was that day. So it yeah, was that later, day. A couple days later, we got back that I drew, uh, drew the tag, so. And then it was kind of hilarious because Austin had applied for that for two years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't draw it. Like, I don't know, he was like the one, there was always two guys, because back then was, there was like eight tags and 12 applicants every year. Yeah, I think there was, and yeah, eight, I think there was 18, 18 that, the year that I applied. Yep, yeah. and he still didn't pull the tag and you just like went in, pulled it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, your wife was, uh. Was a, was a little pregnant by then. And actually, I was kind of banking on her this year to go do that. Uh, yeah. And we're at the same point again. Yep. We're, we got number two coming <laughs> in November. So yeah. I know it's terrible planning with deer season, but it was just time-wise, that's what worked out. And it's funny. She she gave birth the 25th of October to our, our son, Gunner. And uh, she went deer hunting the opening weekend. Um, not the split season, but the first regular season weekend. So yeah, I don't know if it was like what, the two sixth, and a half, yeah. two and a half weeks later or something like that. And she hobbled up the hill and she went about a hundred yards and she was out of breath. It was funny, but she shot a nice, <laughs> she shot a nice buck the first morning. She and, did. Yeah. It's funny. Cause our, after our first kid, Eva was born November 6th mm -hmm. and I made Amy go out hunting. Then on like the 20s of, the, of, of yeah. November as well. That was all the way back in season two, man. Yeah. So it's, it's good. It's awesome. Yeah. So I told her, she's like, oh, I guess I don't think I'm going to be deer hunting this fall. And I said, whatever. You just go out Thanksgiving, go out the last weekend. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. We'll see with the new draw system, how things work out. But yeah, I should draw any deer this year. There's a couple <coughs> mules out there I've been looking at. So dude, and you've been waiting for that new deer take for a little while. You, you, it's, it's that unit that you hunt is, is a, is a pretty preferred unit. So it's tough to draw that any deer tag. You can get that yeah, white you gotta have, tag. Yeah. You got to have at least two preference points. Otherwise you don't have a shot. So, right. But no, this year I'll, I'll have two and I think a pretty good chance of drawing it. And I'd be interesting to go back out once the season gets closer and do some scouting and see what, what we got out there. So yeah, it's kind of nice. Even within a couple mile span, we got a good mix of, of white tail and muleys. So it's cool to have that any deer tag in case you see a monster. So. Hey, you're lucky you'll you'll draw the inner deer tag and you'll see a, a monster whitetail that tempts you on the first day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> or totally or I'll go out there and they'll see mule deer and there won't be a big enough one to shoot. And then yeah. next year there'll be a big one out there and I won't have, you yeah, know, won't have it. Tag. So, yeah. Exactly. But. So, yeah, okay, we talked a little bit about the whitetail hunting last weekend. Was it last weekend you were out turkey hunting? The weekend yep. before? Nope, last weekend. And you shot yeah. a really nice turkey. Tell us, yeah. you're actually pretty passionate, you and your dad, about I, turkey hunting and waterfowl. It's kind of... 
That's how yeah, you so my, started, right? my background, my dad, when we moved back from Mongolia, I was 12, so I was I did the hunter safety course, and he was a big, big waterfowl hunter. Um, big waterfowl hunter, turkey hunter, he'd been doing that. Um, and so, I mean, that's just one of those things that, as a hunter, if you get to do it with family, that's one of the, it's not always about, you know, shooting something or, um, but just the time you get to spend with family. So it was cool growing up, you know, with him teaching me an ethical way to hunt and and actually being a conservationist and, and managing wildlife and stuff. Um, and so I mainly waterfowl hunted for, for, you know, my teenage years and turkey hunted every spring. So I, I think there's something cool about having a big gobbler, you know, full strut coming into your decoys that it gets the blood pumping. I, uh, I wish I could do it archery. I haven't gotten into archery yet, but I'm looking forward to doing that. Cause that's kind of the next, the mm-hmm. next step. I always just done shotgun for turkeys and so we were out last weekend out west, and um, it's funny because when I when I met my wife, we started talking about hunting, and I knew instantly when she said she she started showing me pictures of the deer she shot. I was like, "Yep, this is the one." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you and, uh, out, dude. yeah. So it's funny the the uh, uh, private landowner my dad got to know um, that we that's where we turkey hunted growing up is actually only about eight miles from where my wife's stepdad's uh, parents land is. So, I mean, they drive right past where we hunt every time they drive out there. So we were out there. I was actually over on her folks land. I had hunted our land the, uh, to the opening weekend and came back last weekend and we're just mainly going to do some scouting, um, new kind of general area where there are a lot of birds were. I had four nice toms um, kind of come by. Some of them were more, more worried about running the other one off, but we had a couple come in at 8.30 at night. Um, it was wow. a beautiful night, um, gorgeous sunset, it was calm. It was kind of like you were saying on your, your Instagram story the other day where you had that porcupine you wanted to shoot, but you you just it was so calm, it was such a nice evening, you just didn't want to ruin the quiet. I know, it was perfect. That's what I felt as these, as these turkeys were coming in. and um, We get all Merriam's turkeys out there. Occasionally we'll get one that's maybe kind of mixed with an Eastern, but all Merriam's, so not mm-hmm. quite as big. Um, most of the turkeys we shoot are 18, 19 pounds. Um, this one was 22, three, 22 nice. pounds, three ounces. Totally. Yeah. Um, most of the beards anywhere from high eights to, to mid nines, this was a 10 inch beard. Um, spurs were average seven, seven eighths of an inch on both of them. Okay. Um, but for how big it was, I mean, it was, it Your was biggest the biggest, turkey? yeah, by over two pounds. So, wow. Yeah, it was fun. I, um, and I saw like on, on your Instagram, you posted, uh, a shot here the other day that you had, you know, a couple like your display shots. You had, and you actually had a little bit of footage of him working, working yeah, on the decoys. I, I just pulled. I had. I've got a couple of GoPros I was running, and um, when my dad and I hunt together, we usually film those hunts. He's got same camera you do. Yep. And it's it's always fun to go back and watch that footage and film and stuff. But we had split up to scout that night, so I just had my phone out, you know, and getting just some some phone footage, and it actually yeah. turned out pretty well. But it was cool to have it him did. come in and. You know, you can hear them when they ruffle their feathers up and strut. And yeah, it's if you haven't done it and you have the opportunity to turkey hunt, I I recommend it. It's it's a blast getting turkeys in. I need to have close. you just. I need to just go out with you because like I've turkey hunted a little bit when I was younger, and I tried. It. I just have never gotten it. I'm so impatient when it comes to calling and stuff. Like I love to just do the, yeah. the run and gun thing. Yep. And it's you always think which it's is hard be, with turkeys because then you think it's going to be easy them. and it is. Their eyesight is so good. They like. There's been times I've been buried in a tree and I don't know how they see you, yeah. but they do, and yep. it's ridiculous. And I'm like, you get out and you look, and you're like, I don't know what else I could have done. Yeah, and they're they're smart. You know, it, you see them driving around all the time, and they're right by the road, and you're like, wow, that'd be so easy to shoot one of those. Um, but it can be it can be tough uh, 
tough to pattern them a little bit and tough. Sometimes they really don't want to respond to a call. Mm -hmm. And there's, it's fun though when they come in full strut at, you know, 10 or 15 yards. Pretty exciting. Gets the, gets the blood, blood flowing. Yeah, yeah. We need to do that next spring together. Just go out and maybe call some in and film it film an episode together with yeah. laying down two or three turkeys would be pretty fun just yeah. take a week off and just go try to lay down like four turkeys five turkeys or something between out in the on the prairie maybe out in the I've hills got some other connections out smoke um, some. i've got another connection that we could get you can you can buy tags over the table double tags mm -hmm. my brother-in-law actually just shot one a couple weeks ago with one of those so if we wanted to get Couple we can get some good get footage. Some good footage Gosh, that, that, yeah. Now I'm kind of excited. I wish I we would have done that this year. Yeah, but, so. It's always so busy, man. It's like we start growing up and things get busy. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I just got into deer hunting oh five years ago. I think was I think the okay. second year that I started hunting. My dad didn't do a ton of deer hunting growing up. Um, he grew up in Minnesota and they've got their their um, shotgun season and stuff. Yep. His grandpa got him into hunting. But his grandpa's brother was shot and killed when they were deer hunting when he was little. So his grandpa quit deer hunting at that point. Sure. So my dad applied one season and he shot a nice five by five in Minnesota. Um, and but he just didn't do much of it. So once I, once I met you know my wife and that was their big thing and her family was the deer hunting. It was nice and yeah. fortunate enough to let them bring me out. And That's so they couldn't awesome. really say no once we got married. Yeah. They'd bring me out, but <laughs> gotta so, make room for this other guy. Yeah. So That's it's been perfect. nice to go out and. They've got they've got some nice lands in a good location, so yeah. But so and you sent me fun. photos while you're out there. And I'm like, oh, that would be fun. So you have a couple yeah. nice ridges with some pretty sweet, uh, big cuts that they run do. through the creek around there. It's they've got a pretty, pretty good. Wicked. They've got a pretty good setup. They've got a fair amount of land, um, so you get some different options on what to do. Good. Um, archery wise, there's some good good spots for archery, good spots to sit up with a rifle. So and you're planning on dabbling in the archery here someday. I want to, yeah. I don't know anybody that archery hunts, so I'm gonna yeah. have a hard time getting a start in that. So yeah, you don't know anybody. No. So <laughs> I, if I, I don't have really any land that I've and connections right around Sioux Falls here. So time-wise, with some job changes and with you know another kid coming and stuff, it's hard in the fall. Yeah. Um, with all the waterfowl hunting that I do, to you know I can't just run out to the stand every morning. Um, so you can only have so many hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, if I get into something, I like to do it, do it well, and get good at it. So it's not something I want to just like, you know, put my time towards yeah. under different things. I kind of like to focus on a few. So, but I'm really it'd be it'd be exciting to shoot a, you know, just like getting a turkey at you know, 20 yards versus shooting one at 200. Same thing with a deer. I mean, the adrenaline rush is way different when you shoot one with a bow, you know, than you would with a, a rifle at 300. Not to yeah. discredit, a, you know, shooting one with a rifle because that's all I've done, but it's something special about being that it's close. A, it's a different pursuit. I yeah. think there's a challenge to it as well. Yep. Um, it's way, way more challenging, which is, is fun. It's way more of a achievement when you're able to do that. So Yeah. Well, and I think, like, for me, doing both, I... I, I definitely see the patience in both rifle and the archery because it's definitely needed. Like what I do with rifle sometimes can be even more challenging just because of the pressure of the hunters. Yeah. Um, you know, finding a deer that you, I want to actually shoot, like it can be just as challenging as archery. Whereas when I'm archery hunting a lot of times, I'm not running into anybody or if I do, yeah, it's not as many people. Yeah. But with the archery, it's like I, I could see the same couple deer for several days that I don't even pursue because they don't bed in the right spot for me to stalk in and, and kill one or get yeah. a shot at one. So it's like the patience is just different. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you might, you might see a deer you want to shoot on a day, but you don't even pursue it. Cause it's, you're just going to blow it out of the area. Cause you're not going to get in for a shot. Yeah. No, so, that is, that is good. It's, it's, it's there too, definitely so. a different pursuit. So 
And you got to shoot, so what was it? Was it season four that you shot the elk then that we drew? Or was that season five? I can't remember. I think it was season five. It had been 20, summer of 2017. Yeah. So, I believe, dude, I th- man, I think we did that season five. I guess my, I get my seasons so mixed up, but I'm pretty sure, maybe it was season four, dude, that we shot shot the elk. We're going to look it up on the YouTube channel now. but I feel like it was five. Yeah. Because you had just wrapped up season six, right? I just wrapped up season six. I shot this in season five. And so did you shoot that? Yours the same year as I shot that? Man, I cannot remember. I think so, because Austin went out. There wasn't. Austin went out the year season after six. I did, which was last summer. Yeah, so yours was season, season, season five. five. So, season so yeah, five. you guys can check out yeah. Zach's elk hunt. So tell us a little about that. We drew it. We kind of dabbled into that. We changed. Yeah. We veered off. It was, it was great for me because it's something where, you know, if I was just to go out west and scout and put in that time and then go back out and hunt and have to make connections with landowners. It was super convenient and, and awesome for to, you know, be able to go out with Jordan and the run to gun crew and, and Matthew and Matt and stuff. And, um, so we went out, I think we just picked a, I don't know, picked a weekend. Went out on a Thursday, maybe. Yeah. We went on Thursday nights. We had a Friday, Saturday, yep, Sunday in case so, we needed the extended. Yeah. And you kind of knew cause I think your dad had shot one the year before. Yep. And Amy had Amy shot one, one the year one before on that. One. So you'd kind of yeah. had some history out there. Yep. Um, so yeah, we went out and scouted, and we didn't even scout, did we? So no. We went out, we sighted in the rifle, you knew where things were at, we went out that first evening. Um, they weren't in the location you thought they were, but they were still on the, the land we had access to, so we made a stock over there. We spotted those from a long ways away. And a bunch of them, um, like 50, Yeah, there was 60 70, elk. I want to say 75, Yeah, yeah it's, in roughly. The, it's in the show. Um, yeah, it's, they were a long ways away, Matthew did a really good job filming that. So we, we made a pretty long stock over there um it kind of had to go quick because they were kind of close to the edge of the property and uh yeah some were actually the herd was kind of they were split yeah some yeah. were on the other side of the fence um so found a found a, a large you know the biggest cow that we could there and um made a good shot on her uh it was a fun pack up though we were a couple miles Dude. from the truck probably two yeah over two and miles from the truck so in. oh yeah it, it was I'm glad that didn't come over. So it was really cool um, to be there in that moment and you know have just this wall of black clouds um, that luckily stayed east of us. But it was it was a very cool experience. I'm excited to apply. And, was, and yeah, and it was a pretty wet summer, so the landscape was gorgeous. Yes, it was. It was it's green. Like it's it's pretty cool to contrast in that episode. If you have a chance to check that out on the Run Gun YouTube channel, yeah. it's it's pretty neat. And the stock was cool. How we had to get around them with the wind. It was awesome, and if you want to see a big old herd of seventy some elk on the prairie, something you don't see, it's just a different feel. And like yeah. in South Dakota, back in way back in the day, that's where all the elk were. They weren't out in the Black Hills for the most part. Like prominently, they were on the prairie like that. It was so like one of those neat. big herds you would find out in Custer somewhere out out in the prairie. Yeah, there was it was a lot of them. It was that was a really fun experience. The just the challenge of the pack out and everything too makes it memorable. So oh yeah, we loaded you up with a couple of the hinds. Yeah, I took, <laughs> took two quarters and. But I mean, it. That's partly why I. I mean, I find importance in, in staying just keeping yourself physical fitness wise, staying in shape. Yeah. You know, I. I didn't have to. I knew we were gonna be walking away. I knew we'd have to pack something out if I shot one. I didn't have to do any extra training or anything leading up to that. Right. Um, just because of my training now, um, you know, and even like. Even like the turkey hunts, um, where I shot my turkey at, it wasn't a ton of work, but um, on the the other land that we had hunted previous weekend, um, there's a lot of up and down. I mean, there's some big, 
hills and you get down in the bottom and I mean it's you're walking up a pretty steep grade for a long time. And you actually put on some miles. And you got I mean you got a vest on, you yep. know, if you're gonna be down there that's kinda where some of the big towns are, so it's a lot of work to get down there, but and it's challenging, but you end up doing a lot of walking down there and I mean you got a vest on, you got a couple decoys over your shoulder, sure. your gun, so <clears throat> it's not like you're just carrying around, you know, in a T shirt, plus you gotta, you know, have your camo on and both weekends it was 70 and 80 degrees it was the like the warmest days we've had happened yeah. to be the weekends i hunted so it was actually i mean you're, days. it gets warm in a hurry and it, it's definitely it, it wears you out yeah so. and if, if you haven't been doing anything something simple like that like to the guys who you're fit and you're in shape and you're listening to this it doesn't sound like anything because it, it's really not as much but if you're kind of stagnant you haven't been doing well you haven't been eating well like those little things on a weekend can, can wear you out and it's not not as enjoyable just, and I'm not going to say not. like the pack out or the, the walk and turkey hunting was easy, but, um, I mean, it was still <clears throat> challenging, man. You still have to stop and, you know, give your legs a rest cause they're on fire, you know, walking up a hill. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't something that was like, well, I don't know if I can go, go do this cause I don't know if I'm able to walk far enough or it limits where you're able to go just cause you're not able to get there. Yeah. And I've talked to several guys out in the hills that the hills can be a challenging turkey hunt sometimes. They don't answer to calls yeah. as much. That you know, It's a more of a challenging hunt. You actually have to get out, walk, put on some miles on the boots to, to find some turkeys. And so many guys Whoa. just drive. They just, they just yeah. drive gravel roads, which it can work sometimes. But then you're a whole weekend in. To me, the experience isn't as fun. They're, they're either, um, if they're not, yeah, nailed it. It's the to me it's the most enjoyable when you're sitting there and you hear them you know a half mile off gobbling and they're working closer because you're that anticipation yes. builds you know it's not like a quick hop out boom it's over there really wasn't that that build up but um, <clears throat> like you were saying when if they're not responding to calls if you got to walk and find them and see where they're going and just kind of get in their yeah. travel path um, because they it's very unlike you can just go and sneak up on one that's i mean there's certain situations that the train would have to be perfect to be, get that close they can hear and see so well right they see you coming long before you ever see them especially if they're in trees so you have to walk and get around in front of them sometimes um to kind of get in their travel path and that's when it, you put on a lot of a lot of miles walking doing that so right and like what you nailed is just that experience like can you feel that tag when it's driving some back road dirt roads yeah you, you can you know, but I think that the opportunity, the experience, what, what that hunt is, I know for you and I, yeah. you know, and the hunt's different for everybody, but I know that experience is what, that's what makes it so that you want to keep doing it. Yeah. So much absolutely. more worth it. And I think that's where, you know, what started running on initially of developing, you know, exercise and workout programs for people that, um, you know, maybe they're they're doing a little bit of exercise and they're not doing any, but they, you know, they have a passion for hunting and they, you know, have been applying for an elk tag for 10, 15 years and now they draw it and now it's time to go. Um, you lay everything out so well that people know, I mean, the plan is right there. He's so experienced in it. He knows exactly what it's going to feel like to be out there in that situation. So he knows how to program your training. Yeah. I think that was, when I've heard about that, that was like super super cool because for me with an athletic background it was more of just the athletic uh, performance training side of things and to think about it more from a hunting perspective was was unique yeah and that's i mean i think that's definitely something that sets us apart is just you know our experience out in the field you know we're not living in in the city doing one hunt yeah. a year i mean we spend you know three you know triple digit days 
in the field yeah, a year, between. you know, between yeah. all of our stuff, all of our scouting, our hunting, everything. It's, it's a, it's a long year every year, but it's just, you find yourself back home and you're, you're just hungry to be back out there. It's just where the, yeah. where it's at for us. So I, we're in that slow season now. It's like the, the yeah. snow goose season wraps up then it's turkey season and then it's, you know, three months and nothing until like early goose. It's that it, which is fine because you can enjoy summer and stuff too, but right. there's like that lull of, I mean, after once hunting season starts in the fall, between waterfowl and everything else and pheasant and everything, I mean, it's like just continuous until now. Yeah, it's cool. It's awesome what South Dakota has to offer season wise. And that's where I always have, you know, used the training side of things to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. You know, as you're drawing the tags this time of year, you know, start thinking about that nutrition and the training, and it just helps you feel a purpose in these in between months between. Your ending of the hunting seasons and the beginning of the next, you can fill that void to better yourself. Just obviously for hunting, but just overall yeah. to live a higher quality life, uh, which makes those experiences that we were talking about that much more rich. Yeah. And that's that's just my opinion on on the trading side of things. And it's just I know for for you and I, has just become definitely part of our lifestyle in the sense of I don't have to think about. Oh, I need to go train. It's just it's just part of my day now. It's it's what I want. Yeah. I, I want to make a little time for it. Sometimes it's yep. difficult, um, especially now. Two kids. You're dealing with that too. Now, second on the way, a full time job, all your extracurricular, your 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 own athletic ambitions. You do a ton of CrossFit. Um, you know the the rigors of that. Staying healthy, dealing with little nicks, injuries, yeah. mishaps that just happen with training, keeping the body young and healthy at the same time is yeah. is challenging but it's like at the end of the day you can't judge yourself on any of it you, because you're doing so much compared to the average person when it comes to physical activity right it's just our expectations are so high for our performance yeah um you you actually let's dive into that a little bit you actually dealt with a little bit of a back uh i wouldn't even call it an injury it was just like an imbalance right I, yeah <clears throat> let's not do that this summer, let's see, and we got about a month and a half. I'm actually going to do a post on it because it's gotten a lot better. I'll do a year difference. Okay. You know, it was tough. It was it was humbling because as a trainer and somebody that really focused on movement patterns, I could look at a client, put them through different exercises or stretches and assess, okay, here's where we have an imbalance or here's where we're not moving right. Um, but I think I fell into that trap of because I know how to do that with somebody else, I I'm moving fine, you know, even though I wasn't necessarily assessing myself all the time um you know if i would video assess something sometimes it looked pretty good it would look solid so then i wouldn't necessarily change and when you don't have somebody there watching you like i'm would be watching a client i just was missing things and um i had had a hamstring injury from uh, that was a football an indoor football injury and then i had a hip injury from a training injury about i don't know seven months apart mm -hmm. and the hamstring was a fairly lingering issue um, for a while and then the hip was the opposite um, like hip flexor groin area so I was just starting to move improperly just to kind of still be able to train even though I was tight and had some mobility issues then um, and finally I, I did some more video analysis of it and I my back was just got to the point where I couldn't really train it wasn't my back necessarily um, but it was some hip issues that that led to back pain and it got to the point where i mean i couldn't pull a deadlift off the floor that was 50 percent of my one rep max without hmm. wanting to just fall over afterward um and i was like i know it's not my back 
So I, I took quite a bit of time to kind of reassess. Um, and it's gotten, and this was about last June, July. We did a CrossFit competition the end of June. And after that, I took about a month and a half where I wasn't, wasn't squatting heavyweight. I was just, and it was tough because I had moved wrong for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about a motion that I had done thousands of times and your body just gets ingrained to that movement pattern. Yep. And so trying to break those was, was tough, but, um, yeah, I've been semi healthy. I've had some little tweaks this year so far with, with my new job, I've been having to drive and sit a lot, <laughs> totally which has been, different. I would much rather stand all day yep. or be moving around all day than having to sit to drive to, to clients and stuff. But, um, I think just some of that, you know, I, I try to push it. I, I like to work hard at the gym. It's just, that's who I am when I get in there. I like to push myself and challenge myself and, and try to be the best that I can be, you know? So I probably push a little too hard sometimes when I've, you know, <clears throat> right. When stuff is tight or stuff's, you know, I need to spend probably more time, um, getting those glutes fired up again after that, sitting so yeah, much or just not, or just realize, you know, today's not the day to, you know, work at 90% of something, right. you know, tone it back a little bit. Um, and I think that's where some, some recent stuff's come just hip wise, um, quad wise, just dumb stuff that backs you up a week or two and oh, you're I, good to go again. But I had to deal with the same thing. Like after, you know, the job change where I was traveling more, like, I was out in LA working for a week and I flew out there and I got into a workout right when I got there, tweaked my back and then did the same thing. I had to go to Salt Lake City, same thing. That got in that night, yeah. messed up my back a little bit. And yeah, it sets you back for like 10 to 14 days kind of thing, just getting back to that 100%. And I'm like, I just had to figure out that, hey, when I have those travel days, when I go into the gym that night, it's extra mobility, extra core and glute activation, yeah. and then way, way lighter moves just get the body moving and then that next day I'm good to go right but it's just like we're pretty young guys like we're 30 and under and we you just want to go just you just want to yeah you yeah. want to train hard but you have to learn hey like on those days where you know for us it's those travel days or yeah. you know for you it might just be you know a different day where you're heavy on a work day you're sitting more your, your nutrition's a little off your hydration's a little off you may have to just adjust that training a touch you know yeah. it's it's because it's, yeah. remember you're in this for the long game Absolutely. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you have the hunting season coming up or you, you know, you have a cross competition coming up at the end of the day. It's like, I tell myself this all the time. I'm like, well, I'm a little tight today. I'm not going to be able to squat as much. I'm kind of probably going to look like mm -hmm. a pansy in the gym squatting the 135, but yeah. it's like, I want to do this forever. So if I can squat 135 and do it well, do it perfect. And I can do that until I'm 75, 80 years old. I'd rather yeah. be able to do that than not. And that so. yesterday I, at at the I so I work out do crossfit style workouts have for a year and a half now um, and it's it's nice because it kind of scratches my competitive itch. There's a lot of local competitions you can do, mm -hmm. um, and that's not all what crossfit is. Crossfit is so much more health focused on health and just any everyday American that's maybe never really worked out consistently in their life. Like it's perfect from that all the way up to somebody that is really serious about it. And it has a great, it. great family aspect to it. Which the, is dude, cool. the community is yeah. awesome to be able to go in there and get support from so many other people. Right. Um, the coaches, it's a, it's a very unique thing. You know, I, I know right away, everybody saw like these super competitive athletes doing these movements that, um, and those are the ones were so different from the, just your traditional go to the gym, right. go gym and do your bodybuilding movements. It was like, oh, it's just gonna hurt everybody. I've had way more. I've had more injuries in track than I ever did in in CrossFit. Yep. Uh, way more injuries in football than I ever did in CrossFit. Um, 
and that's doing it five, six days a week, fairly competitive, moving, moving a lot fairly of weight. weight. Like, yeah. The, yeah. So, but for somebody that's just wanting to get in shape and, and have that community and that support and just something different than go and do some cardio and sit on a machine, it's so, it's so fun. I, I love it. It's the community, like you said, is awesome. Yeah. And I actually fell into doing and learning movements and I'm still learning so many of the movements yeah. uh, because of you and being around you so much that I got, I was getting so bored of the way I was training that I was like, dude, I, I want to learn how to do a barbell snatch. And then I actually started with a dumbbell snatch. I was like, yep. I, do, I had done some because I was a college athlete, but I just didn't ever get into it like you. Yeah. And then just hanging around you at the gym, it was more, more or less a competitive thing where it was like, well, Zach's doing some of that. I want to learn how to do some of that. And yeah. so it just is one of those things I started kind of falling into it. And then I developed a style of training where I, I call it like undulated CrossFit, where I, I key in yeah. different you know, styles of, you know, powerlifting movements at a heavy weight with some Olympic lifting, with some conditioning, with yeah. some bodybuilding style of things that, that all rotate with each other uh, to get in some of the best of all worlds for just some great, yeah. great conditioning, great strength work. And it's, dude, it works extremely well. Yeah, it does. It's, I've seen some very cool transformations of people that were maybe just weren't physically active. Maybe they had, mm -hmm. um, uh, eating issues either on the spectrum of being very overweight or having uh, more on the anorexic side of things eating yeah. issue wise and just body image perspective um, I've seen a lot of cool stuff just with being in the gym in Sioux Falls and just the changes people have been able to make um, I mean 90% of the people there they're not there to they're not if you see anything um, of the, like the CrossFit games or of like these high level competitions I mean that's that's the 1% of CrossFit. That's not what CrossFit really is. Yeah, that's, if you go into a CrossFit box. Yeah, that's not, you. you know, you're not going to walk in there and that's going to be every single person in there. Right. Chances are you're going to walk in there and 75% of people are going to look just like you. Yep. Like, it's not um, what a lot of the media has portrayed on uh, from from that and what people see with the games. And that's why CrossFit actually kind of made a shift with that with the games this year to get back towards more focus on the health side of things. and getting people off medication and that sort of thing. And, and it's, I mean, that's the goal of what most, what fitness is in the health industry should be. And, um, just a different Avenue to do it. And it's cool. But I know what I was going to say yesterday, I tweaked, a um, again, I traveled, I was out in rapid city and yep. it would have been a PR and a snatch. And I tweaked my, um, my hip flexor a little bit. It wasn't to the point where I, I, I went and box squatted afterward. Like it wasn't that bad, but yesterday we had a, we had a squat thing and I did, I stopped at 155. Yep. I and usually I you probably should have done and threw on 155 and just went for well reps. it was like yeah and it was a higher rep rep scheme stuff but they on with the cross gym they've got a thing where you can everybody records their their progress on stuff sure and but you can go look at like what people posted for weights that day you know I'm like usually towards the top I was like next to the bottom on it that day and I'm like you know what I and I usually I wouldn't post it but I'm like you know what I coming back from a you know a very minor injury I'm just gonna post this I'm not like not gonna be too proud it's not a, to not a pride thing anymore yeah. you know it's like this is i'm just i gotta come back from this and a couple weeks i'll be back to where i was but it's cool it was like i just kind of knew i needed to one of those things you kind of humble yourself a little bit and say you know just i it's what it I, is. It's all i can do today you know <laughs> yeah so and that's that's that is what training and exercise and health is it's just hey usain bolt doesn't run a PR hundred every time he steps on the track. Like you're not going to perform your absolute best every time you jump on the, yeah. go to the gym. Like it's just one of those things you have to do your best that you can do that day, and uh, stay consistent with it. 
you know, don't quit after three weeks. And then it's just make it part of your life. Make eating well yeah. part of your life. Make it's just making yeah. good decisions and having discipline. And I have to remind myself that all the time with things to just have discipline. Like yeah. I, I will say that to myself multiple times a day when something comes up. Like just have some discipline, man. Yeah. Like how yeah. you know how are you are you an oak dude? Are you an oak tree? Or are you just you know a little a little weed dude? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just. You got to make good decisions and have some discipline and it, those those things just carry over and carry over and that's what I love about fitness because it builds discipline that carries over into so many different areas of your life yeah. and that's, that's why I think Absolutely. I've enriched myself with it so much and I've been able to work with so many people over the last nine years I guess of doing this and yeah. it's been pretty cool. Yeah. So let's end with this dude. Tell me, you're, you're a supplement guy, I, I love supplements, learning about them, learning about ingredients. Give me and our viewers, what, what's your favorite ingredients that you think people can benefit from, from a supplement wise? Favorite ingredients? Not even necessarily. We'll, we'll go this route. The most impactful, if you were gonna take like one or two supplements. Okay. Can we do that? Yep, let's do it. So most people, I would say, I would say a protein shake would be number one, or a protein powder would be number one. Reason being for that, a lot of people, if they do a snack in the day or they're eating a meal, um, they can find you know a carb or a healthy fat. But oftentimes, if they try to find a snack for protein or that's something that's not from like meat, um, generally it's going to have a lot of unhealthy fat, extra fat that they don't need, carbs or sugars in along with it. Um, or a process. Also for re yep, or very processed, um, or for recovery as well. You know, if you're just leaving the gym and you're not eating for two hours. I mean, you gotta in order in order for your muscle tissue to repair, you have to have enough leucine to activate protein synthesis. So if you're not going and eating right away or getting a protein shake in, you're minimizing your recovery. So that would be probably the most important. Okay. Um, so utilize it with your snack and utilizing it. Yeah, post just to, gotcha. to make your nutrition cleaner and for recovery um, would be two of the big things. Um, okay. I mean, there are so many. I have a lot of favorites. <laughs> you got one. You get one left. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm going to say creatine just because I grow in high school. I thought creatine was terrible for you. I thought so it was steroids. Yeah. You know, well, that, I was that the, creatine was going to just give you yeah. fake muscles. And as soon as you stop taking it, you're going to lose it. It make you everything. pee hot on a drug test. That <laughs> is going to screw up your kidneys, all this stuff. All these, um, but it's also, I think still taken very, um, people don't know about it. People don't necessarily know about it. There's so creatine monohydrate or like creapure creatine is a patented form that's pure five five grams a day um, on average is what what you should intake now mm -hmm. extra is not going to hurt you but taking 25 grams a day for two weeks to load it people say oh they get bloated or i gained a bunch of weight and as soon as i stopped taking it i lost it all yeah because you're probably taking an inexpensive creatine that's not pure and you're taking way too much of it that you don't need. It's not going to be harmful to your kidneys at that amount, but it's not necessary. So creatine is going to get stored, you know, in muscle tissue. You're going to help bring in more water to that cell. Um, gets into, there's a lot, I won't get into all the physiological side of creatine, but it's going to help with your muscle recovery as well. Um, going to help with power performance, output. power output. Yeah. So I supplement it pre and then post-workout is how I get five, my five grams in a day. If I'm doing a lot of training, I usually maybe do a day or two a week where I throw an extra five grams in. Just consistency with it. Um, but I would say protein, creatine, 
Yeah. And you can get into a whole ton of different stuff, but and creatine is actually the most studied ingredient. Yeah. Yep. Um, ever uh, when it comes to all the supplement side of yeah. things, so it's it's a uh, it's pretty dang safe. <laughs> There's nothing there that's shown yeah. to have Good. any detrimental. And it. There's actually studies out now showing cognitive benefits. Yeah. To creatine, it's crazy. They're finding finding more benefits to it. So yeah. that's uh, that's that's Zach's question today. That was that Can was I add a third one? Fine. Caffeine. You should. <laughs> oh yeah. All the caffeine. All the caffeine. Get all the caffeine dude. in. Oh, eight, actually, eight bang energy drinks a day. <laughs> I don't no, know. don't do don't that. Do that. <laughs> don't do that. Black coffee. Yep. A little bit of creatine pre or uh, caffeine pre workout. Yeah, try to minimize it. Don't be like us when we were training way too early in the morning. And oh, dude, we would get up at four thirty, train till eight at night. And uh, yeah, there was a lot. Our our milligrams of caffeine way too high, which actually like long term wise is detrimental. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. I would, not, I would that. encourage that. Limit it. Use it. Use it to you know a little Perform boost pre workout wise. Yeah. yeah, you know keep yourself sharp. There's a lot of other things that can factor into your energy levels besides needing an energy drink. So yeah, exactly. So Caffeine's if you guys have questions on supplements, actually, Zach or myself, great uh, great resources to shoot some questions over to. Yeah. Um, well, Zach, we talked a little bit about your turkey footage, some of your posts on Instagram. Where can the viewers find you on Instagram? Uh, Ely Zach three is my Instagram handle. So Ely Zach three E L Y E L Y Z A C H and then three. Yep. Ely Zach three. So yeah. Perfect. Thanks for jumping in today, coming down, talking just a little bit of hunting, fitness, CrossFit. Dude, I love it. Little supplements at the end there. All the hunts that we talked about today, actually, for the most part, are on the YouTube. Uh, on on the Run to Gun YouTube channel, you guys can jump on there, view Zach's elk hunt. Hopefully, we have some turkey hunts here. View this elk hunt right here in the future. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. And we get to go, dude. I didn't. Uh, if I told you, we drew, no, I drew that drew? hunt again. So yeah. we're going back in September. It's like 121 days away. I have a little counter on my phone. It's just, it's nice. Did you even do a counter when you were getting married on your phone? No, <laughs> but that wasn't a you didn't thing. Have though. It was you didn't have smartphones when you got married. Exactly. Didn't even have that yet. So we got. We got that coming up, which is just cool because it gives that little extra summer motivation to train hard. So we've yeah. been ramping it up here a little bit. I've actually had a couple two days. We did some strength in the morning, some conditioning at night. We are we are working on this is this is the first time this is gonna be publicly announced right here. We're working on building a run to gun HQ. So the garage right now is gonna go under transformation for home Ooh. gym, cool little filming studio, so we can kick out more exclusive content right there, guys. He knows the game. Exclusive content, some uh live so you can actually jump in and do workouts we'll have live workouts going on up there where you can jump in maybe we'll get zach down here to do some some workouts with us uh that you guys can jump in jump in on uh live on facebook youtube so it's gonna be a lot of fun a lot of cool things happening this summer and uh we hope you guys follow along so if you guys like this podcast uh please drop a review drop a rating on on whatever um platform you're using itunes spotify we're on every single uh major platform out there for podcasts so share it with a friend screenshot it put it up on instagram whatever however you can get it out there we always appreciate it from a growing brand perspective and if you guys have questions always drop a dm me and zach are always happy to help and we'll talk to you soon